day? Great. Are we enjoying the series uh, about Mission Impossible? It's our second day uh, or second week of the same mission uh, series in the series. And a lot more is already happening. And uh, in this one, we have people getting baptized. That's an exciting news. People committing and giving their lives, uh, laying their lives down for Christ and to be able to follow him and allow him to be able to make them become everything that he has said. That's so exciting. And we are continuing today in the same series. Uh, and today we're going to be looking at, uh, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. So I'm going to talk so much about Jerusalem today, where Jesus invites his disciples to, to witness and to be able to spread the news about the kingdom of God and about what Jesus came to do in his own town, Jerusalem. And just to do that, so I'm going to talk really a lot about that and about what it meant and about what the disciples were expected to do. And in conclusion or throughout it, I'm going to, uh, to apply it to us about how can we become Christ's witnesses in our own Jerusalem. How can we witness for Christ and how can we stand in and spread the gospel, the good news to the people around us, to our neighbors. And what are some of the things that we need? I know when people talk about evangelism, when people talk about you witnessing, not everyone feels really up to that, uh, courageous enough to be able to go there. They're like, I don't have enough. I don't think even I understand what to say. Well, I'm going to try to make it really simple and bring it, up, bring it down to us to be able to understand really that we don't need to know the whole Bible in order to witness for Jesus. He has placed quite a lot that we can use to be able to bring light to the people around us. So, uh, let me bring us uh, to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Probably we have heard a lot more about this. But this is the time that Jesus and his disciples were coming together. Jesus, after Jesus' resurrection, and before he goes back to heaven to his father, he begins to tell them to remain in Jerusalem. He begins to tell them where to start from. As we will read in Matthew, Jesus begins to tell them from where to start and what they needed in order for them to be ready to become witnesses for him. So he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Okay, so Jesus is giving them a big mission that looks to be so impossible to them. And he's saying that I want you guys to be my witnesses to the whole world. I want you guys to grow so expansive and so big to the point that you are going to witness about me. To witness simply means to share to the people and to the entire world about what they saw what they lived in, what they experienced from the life of Jesus Christ, so that others who also have that hunger to come and uh, be filled by what Jesus is able to do. So Jesus says that the first thing that you need in order for you to witness, in order for you to go out there, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need to receive the Holy Spirit. 
you need to be filled by him. You need to be filled by his power. You need to be anointed for him. Do you remember in Luke chapter 4 verse 18? I'm not going to read, but I'll refer you to that. Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And God has anointed me to bring the good news to the whole people. He says to anoint, to, uh, to heal the sick, to break those, uh, the prisons for those who are in bondage, to give sight to the blind, to make hearing restored to those who are deaf, and uh, to bring the day of the Lord's favor. You know, Jesus started by saying that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And he has anointed me with the power, with courage, with ability to be able to reach out. And you bring God's kingdom close to the people. And that's the same thing Jesus is extending to his disciples here. He says that to start with, you need to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you do, then you are going to be my witnesses. When you receive that, you are going to be my witnesses, starting in Jerusalem. So, we are talking about, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Before you go to the, to the whole world, Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world, you need to be my witnesses in the very place where I have planted you, where I have established you, where I have anointed you. You have to be my witnesses to the people around you, and therefore I'm going to extend this call to the entire world. I have a good news for you. The Holy Spirit has already come. The Holy Spirit has empowered you and me, and he has filled us with the power that Jesus promised in order for us to be witnesses for Christ. And here's something that you should understand. The Holy Spirit comes in a believer to, act, to enact us into service. He comes to activate us, to be able to go out there and begin to live for God. He comes to activate the anointing, the spirit, the light of God in our lives so that we can go out there and shine for Christ. That's why Jesus says, you are the lights of the world. The Holy Spirit comes to activate the light of God in our lives. And he says, you are the salt of the earth. Meaning you are going to serve, you are going to add flavor to the world. And that is not going to happen by your own power. That's not going to happen through your own strength. You will need the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. Because that which he promised has been fulfilled in our lives today. Yeah, so having the Holy Spirit means that we are ready for service. Having the Holy Spirit in you and me, as long as you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it means that God is waiting upon you to rise up from your faith. And take a step and reach your neighbor and begin to tell them about Christ. And Jesus said that you do not need to worry about what to say. <laughs> because the Holy Spirit who is in you, when you open up your mouth to speak about Christ, is going to remind you everything that I've spoken. The mission impossible is now possible. Because it doesn't depend on how much you know. It doesn't depend on how eloquent and how fluent, uh, fluent, uh, how, how fluent you are. It doesn't depend on how much you are educated, but it just depends on the Holy Spirit who is inside of you to bring the gospel and the light of Christ to the people. Here's something that we need to do. 
we need to just say yes to the Holy Spirit. We just need to say yes to Jesus. To go out there and witness. We just need to say yes to Jesus. To, to open up our mouths. To open up our... Uh, to embrace and receive the opportunities in order to reach out. In order to share the good news about Christ to the people. In Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. This is what Jesus says. Jesus says to his disciples... He came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, he's sending them, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm going to be with you to the very end of the age. I want you to notice a few things in there. Can you take us to the previous scripture? Acts chapter 1 verse 8. I want you to look at uh, some of these things. Jesus says, you know, it starts with you, right? It says, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, in verse 5 and going, then verse 8 says, you, my disciples, will receive power. It means that the reason why the Holy Spirit is coming is to enable and empower who? You. You are very important that I died for you. I love you so much that I died for you. And I made this mission impossible to be possible. But here is something that I'm going to do beyond just saving you. I am going to give you an opportunity to take part in the wake of salvation. I'm going to give you an opportunity to become the partakers, to be the co-wakers, the assistants with God. That together with God, you are going to save the world. It might look so big and so vast, but I want you to start somewhere. Start right where your two feet are. Start right where you feel comfortable. You know, then Jesus says, let's start with it. He says, you will receive power. He's talking about you. And then he says, then uh, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and he says, you will be my witnesses. You look, look at this. Uh, think about it in this way. Jesus is, is not saying that if you receive power, when the Holy Spirit has come in the world, maybe you will be my witnesses. Or if at all you want to be my witnesses. Jesus is saying that it's already a done deal. You will receive power. Whether you want it or not, as long as you believe in me, as long as you are my disciples, you believe in what I have done, and you see that what I've brought in the world is good, and it's the best, when you believe that, you will receive power. And when you receive power, you will become my witnesses. Sometimes it seems as if you don't have a choice in there, do you? <laughs> He's saying that you receive power when the Holy Spirit has come, has come upon you. And you will become my witnesses in Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. It means that you are so important to God. As it is here. It's so much an emphasis in that phrase, that in that passage as Jesus is sharing with his disciples. His disciples were so important because God loved them and he invested in their lives and he saved them and they were separated. They were important people. And then Jesus says something. Now, not only am I sending you, I'm giving you something very important. He says, all authority. 
from heaven and on earth has been given to me. And I give to you that delegated authority. I am giving to you that authority in my name, that authority in my blood, that authority in my word, that the authority that Jesus has given us is so powerful to the point that whatever we shut on earth is shut in heaven. Whatever we allow on earth is allowed in heaven. Whatever we open on earth is opened in heaven. He has given us that power such that when we speak life in our neighbor's lives, the, the life of God comes in them and dwells in their lives. To the point that when we say, we rebuke death and allow the Spirit of God to come in there, death will bow down because there is power and authority inside of us. You are not just going out there to witness for Christ in your own strength and capacity. God has invested in you with His Spirit. Hallelujah. Then Jesus, that's why he says to them in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20 that we read. Jesus says that I will be with you. Not only I've given you authority as if it is not enough. As if the Holy Spirit is not enough. As if the power of Christ is not enough. He says, I myself in person, I am going to be with you to the ends of the age. Do you see that is not just our mission alone? We are partners with God. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are partners with God. We are partners with the Holy Spirit. We are partners uh, to be able to get part and be able to activate that, the thing that which God has put inside of us. He tells his disciples to remain in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. To empower them to be witnesses, not only in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the age. And he says, I will be with you. I will be with you. God is with you. Now, here is the thing. When you take up a step to talk to somebody about Christ, you are already with Jesus Christ. He is with you. When you, take, you stand and you remove from your comfort zone, from your fear, and all those limitations, and you think, I cannot say, share something about Christ. I do not have that courage and boldness. When you open up and pray to God, the Holy Spirit will come and activate courage in you. He comes and activates and removes fear from you and allows you to open up and speak boldly about him. It is him who enables us to do all things. When we do it in our power and in our strength, it seems to be impossible. But when we do it with God, it's a mission possible. It's a done deal. And Christ today is here to empower us. The Holy Spirit is here to activate that courage in you. To give you right words and enough words for you to be able to speak and, uh, and, and witness for God. But there's something that I know. Witnessing is something more than just the spiritual discipline for believers. Witnessing for Christ is more than just the Tuesday evening activity that you do. Witnessing for Christ or sharing about Christ, it is the very essence of who we are as Christians. The reason why we are not in heaven today 
The reason why you and me are alive today is because Christ wants us to shine to the entire world. He wants us to share the good news about the kingdom of God to our neighbors and to everyone around. So it is the reason, it's one of the reasons why you and I are alive today. It's for us to be able to witness for Christ to the whole world. And like I said in, in, in beginning, you are not doing this in your own capacity and in your own power. He is with you. So if witnessing is the very essence or essence of Christianity, what does that mean? You may ask yourself, what does that mean? How does that look like? How exactly are we to speak about Jesus? What do we need in order more than the Holy Spirit, more than whatever we have read? Suppose you still cannot catch it. You still feel like, oh, I'm not so sure. How, how can we be able to rise up and be able to witness about Christ? Here is five truths about witnessing from the book of Acts. I want us to look at. The first thing is that witnessing is personal. Witnessing is personal. It is not so much a call to a group of people as much as it is a call to an individual. Jesus was not speaking to the entire group. He was speaking to each person because he knew the capacity that they carried. He knew the ability that they had. He knew what he had invested in each one of them. I want to let you know that witnessing for Jesus is personal. Now, what I mean is that when you want to witness in Jerusalem, you have to be personal about it. You have to be intentional about it. You don't always have to start, if it's not in your best strength, you don't need to start with the Bible. You go and witness to the neighbors or to the entire world, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. If you have been enabled to do that and you have enough scriptures, enough information, that is well and good. To go out there in your communities and witness for Christ. But what I mean by witnessing is personal. In Jerusalem, the reason why Jesus is sending them to Jerusalem, because he knows this. Number one, he knows that in Jerusalem, that's where their families are. Am I right? Number two, he knows that in Jerusalem, that's where they have friends. Do these guys have friends to the end of the world? They have friends in Jerusalem, right? Now, come with me on this journey. Let us understand about witnessing his person. What I understand by Jesus saying that, start in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, there are fathers-in-law, mothers-in-law, they have sisters-in-law, they have brothers-in-law, they have colleagues, they have workmates, they have schoolmates. Some of them were fishermen. They have clients. They have people who knows them. They have people who know how they were before and how they are today. All right? And these people are able to say that you were like this, but now you are different. What has happened to you? I want to experience whatever you experience to change this cruel man, like the tax collector, into somebody who is loving and who doesn't want to get from people, but he wants to give to people. He knew people, they knew people like Peter, who was Simon, the man who was full of anger, full of tempers, and the man that was full of fear and not courageous. In Jerusalem, they are going to see a courageous Peter. And very soon they will, in the book of Acts chapter 2. 
All right? You know, they're going to see this man who is courageous, this man who is living up to something new that he has received. So in Jerusalem, that's where these people are known. And when they live in that time a little bit, when they shine in that city, the gospel of Christ is going to spread out to the people that are right dear to them, that are so close to them and that belongs to them and who are maybe in the families. So in that case, they were going to be so personal, they were going to live their lives to represent the kingdom of God. They were going to watch their conduct, their character, their way of life, and what they spoke and how they did things because someone somewhere was watching them. So now, Jesus is also sending you today in Jerusalem. So how are you going to witness to your Jerusalem? When I'm talking about Jerusalem, I'm talking about the schools where you are. Some of you are students. I'm talking about at your working place. I'm talking about in your families. I'm talking about in your communities. I'm talking about in the city of Ndola where God has seen it be that you should be alive today. And in this city, you are friends. You are people you get along with. Jesus wants you to build relationships with God, meaningful relationships that point to God. The people who come and see God working in your life. And when they do, they will ask about Christ. And when they ask about Christ, you point them to the Lord and he's able to transform their lives. He's able to touch them. You can refer them to the people you know who are able to help them to be able to be in touch with the Lord Jesus Christ. Who can lead them on that path, on the path of the gospel of salvation. Hallelujah. Are we together? Are you in the house, church? <laughs> yeah, I have an example. Uh, this uh, past week or over time, I've been going to uh, here in Indola to a certain uh, printing, t-shirt printing company, and I've been making friends with the owner of the company and the people in there, and, you know, like, just been around, and we get to know each other, and probably, yeah, get to know what they are doing, and as I know people are watching, so yesterday, uh, on Friday, as I was there, now the owner of this uh, T-shirt printing company says, so you are open church. You guys are the ones that meet in town. I was like, yes, at Lowento. I was like, yes, I do. Okay, how, how do you do things? And she, she, she took interest in knowing who we are and what we do. And then she said, my children want to be part of your church. My, all my children and some of our employees want to come and visit. They want to be part of the church. I was like, why not? The door is wide open. Come on, come and watch. Come and see what we do. You know, that's personal about witnessing. It starts with building a relationship with this company. And therefore, the family wants to come to church. And they are here. I've seen two of them, three of them. And you know what I did? I didn't even collect the baptism t-shirts. I said... Let my disciples to be come with the t-shirts to church. Because they are coming to church. Let them come with the t-shirts. And they have come with the t-shirts. Have you guys come with the t-shirts? Nice. <laughs> awesome. So, just to say, witnessing is personal. In Jerusalem, you are going to make relationships with people that you can refer to the Lord, that you can point to Christ. The people that can watch, that they can look at you and would like to know and meet the Lord Jesus Christ in person. Hallelujah. So, he says, in Jerusalem, number one, you need to be personal in Jerusalem. 
because the Holy Spirit is upon you and therefore you have to be personal and allow the Spirit of God to move with you, to change the atmosphere and to breathe life in the lives of the people that you are going to encounter or to be, to be in touch with. The second thing about witnessing uh, in the book of Acts, it says that witnessing is primarily about the resurrection. So I want you now to understand the resurrection of uh, the, the witness of Jesus Christ, as we witness to the people, we are pointing them to the fact that Jesus was born. He died for our sins and he is not dead. He is risen again. And in his resurrection, we have been saved. The Christianity has got its full meaning accomplished in the resurrection of Christ. If Jesus died or was hung to the tree and was buried, and if Jesus never rose to life, our Christianity would have been meaningless. Because it would have been a dead uh, life. It would have been a dead faith to be able to share with people. But the fact that Jesus rose again, <laughs> that makes us victorious. We overcome death. As children of God, we overcome death itself. As children of God, we overcome sin. As children of God, we overcome the power of darkness. We are not afraid of them. We are not afraid of Satan because we have somebody in us. The Bible said the one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world. Hallelujah. He lives to tell the story that I have power and the keys of life with me. And I give them to the people that comes to me. If you and I come to the Lord Jesus Christ, you will have the keys of life. And you have the power of resurrection. You will triumph over anything. Anything at all. You'll be able to triumph over it. Jesus is making us, God is making us to look like his son, Jesus Christ. Every day we, are, we, be, we become modeled and we are being modeled to become like Christ Jesus. To become like him as we imitate him. We begin to speak like him. We begin to look like him. We begin to think and reason like Jesus Christ. That's the power of resurrection. Paul says, I want to know him. I want to know him more. I want to know Christ more and the power of resurrection. As you meet them in Jerusalem, you have to tell them that I have a good news for you about the man that died and that rose again. And in his resurrection, we have been saved. By his stripes, we have been healed. We receive power, we receive life through Jesus Christ's resurrection. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord God. That's so easy to do. Just tell them that I know a man who is able to change your life. I know the man who is able to turn your life upside down. I know somebody. His name is Jesus Christ. If you open up your heart to him, Jesus will save you. He will change you. And he will set you free from anything that is oppressing you down. It is about the resurrection of power. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 32. God is... Jesus is sharing with uh, the, the disciples. He said that God has raised this Jesus to life and we are witnesses of it. That was Peter sharing. You know, just before 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ. Peter started sharing. He says, it's not about me. Witnessing, guys, is about the resurrection. And he started pointing them to the resurrection of Christ. He said that God has raised this Jesus to life. And we are witnesses of that resurrection. 
you and I are alive today. We are saved. We are called the children of God. And we are saved from whatever was pursuing us just because Jesus rose again. How many of us here are witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Oh, hallelujah. If you are not a witness to the resurrection of Christ, you ne simply need to open up your heart and allow him to come. And you'll see how he's going to revive everything in your life. It's going to fill you with a vibrant life, a life that is worth living, a life full of joy, a life that is to look forward to. He gives us joy abundantly. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the name of God. Praise the name of God. So, witnessing about Jesus is all about pointing people to the resurrection of Christ. And when we are talking about the resurrection of Christ, we are talking about the cross. The fact that Jesus was hanged on that cross for our sins. He died and was buried, but he overcame death such that he rose again victoriously. And he is alive today. He lives in you and me. Those who have opened up our hearts and welcome him in our hearts. Jesus is alive. And we are co-workers with Christ Jesus. We are advancing the kingdom of God to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the world because Christ is alive in us. And when you call upon his name, he will hear you and answer you. Hallelujah. The third thing about witnessing is that witnessing is Christ-centered. Now, I talked about resurrection. I talked about being personal to start with, uh, make relationship, make friendship, make bridges, and then talk to them about the resurrection of Christ. And the third thing you have to know that when we are witnessing about Christ, we have to be Christ-centered. What I mean by being Christ-centered is that we do not have to point people to ourselves. We have to point people to Christ. We have to tell them about Jesus Christ. We have to allow Jesus to come alive in us. Such that when people see us, they are able to see something that is not natural. They are able to see something that is not tailor-made. They are able to see something that, is, that cannot be done by power by mighty, by strength and understanding of human beings. They are able to see something that is beyond that. And it is that life in us which people want to come and be part of the life of Jesus Christ in us. Witnessing is about being Christ-centered. Being Christ-centered. Our focus is on Jesus Christ. His death, his resurrection, and and exhortation to the right hand of God, where Jesus is today, and he lives in us, and he is the intercessor, standing on behalf of man and God, and be able to allow us to access the glory, the throne room of God. When we come to God and worship and praise him, we do that because we know that Jesus Christ has given us access. Jesus Christ is with us. My question to you is, are you personal? about witnessing for Christ? Are you building relationships that will allow people to experience Christ in their life? Are you pointing people to Jesus Christ? Are you allowing people to have that encounter with God? Are you allowing people to meet the Lord of the Bible, to meet Jesus Christ and have their lives changed? Because everyone that comes to Christ their lives are never the same. 
in Acts chapter 5, verse 30 to verse 32, the Bible brings in something remarkable. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these, uh, of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. There are three things that are very important in that, key, in that scripture. It's talking about what Jesus has done for the Israelites and for the entire world, for everybody. And then he says, not only did Jesus die, Jesus is able to forgive sins. No matter what we have done, we may feel shame, we may feel guilty, we may feel not qualified, we may feel like the waste of humanity. Paul is saying that when you come to him, look at this. The guys Paul is talking about killed Jesus, and they felt so guilty of killing the Son of God. He has mentioned in it, he said that he is the one that whom you killed. Okay? He said that you killed him. But this Jesus you killed, guys, is not waving a machete to be able to cut off your heads or to call that and bring you to punishment. He's looking forward to you to, for you to come closer to him. Such that when you come closer to him, even though you killed him, he wants to forgive you of your sins. Do you get that? Now, be in their shoes if you are an Israelite at that time, if you are a Jew. You just witnessed 50 days ago, you killed Jesus. And your leader said, let his blood be on us and on our children and their children and forever. We want to be guilty, but we want to get rid of this guy. And after you kill him, you find out that he was the Messiah. He is the savior of the world. And then somebody comes to tell you that you, you, you are not guilty of killing the Lord Jesus Christ. If you come to him and repent, he will forgive you of your sins. You may have done things in your life that you are ashamed about. You may you have done things in your life that you are not proud of. Maybe you are not even proud of your own life. Maybe you don't even feel good about your own life. Maybe you don't even feel that you qualify. Maybe you walk and you feel like everybody else knows already what you have done in secret. And you, don't, you can't even lift up your head up and be able to be proud of yourself because of things. You know what? I want to tell you that it is the enemy who wants to hold you guilty to what you have done. God has already provided a solution to that. He says, if you come to me and you repent of your sins, I will forgive you. I will wash you. You will be clean. You will be as if you never committed that sin before. Because God forgives his sins and washes us with his blood such that that sin never exists again. It's wiped out. It doesn't pack it somewhere to remind you of it again and bring it to you again. When you do one thing, it brings two things. And you did this and I'm adding on top of that. When God forgives sin, they are forgiven. The Bible says, when the Son of Man sets you free, you are free indeed. You're no longer a slave. You are a child of God. And he's saying that if you repent of your sins, Christ will wash you, he will forgive you, and you'll become a child of God. I want to extend that invitation to you and me today. 
If there are things in your life that draws you back, that remind you of how bad you are, I want to remind you that you can be good because somebody good died for you and took away all your uh, your imperfections in order to make you perfect, in order to make you look like him, in order to remind you of the love that God has for you. That's what you need to remind people about as you witness to your Jerusalem. Remind them that there is a God who loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. Come and know more about him. You will enjoy. You know, knowing Christ is finding meaning to life. Finding Jesus is finding life. Because he's the life, he's the way, he's the truth. He's here even to forgive us and wash us and set us free from any power of captivity. Hallelujah. The fourth thing is that witnessing is accomplished by the witness of the Spirit. We have talked about that it's not about our power, it's not about our might, it's not about what we know, what we do not know. It's about allowing the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in our lives. So it requires only faith. It requires prayer. It requires the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the witness of the Holy Spirit in us in order for us to witness to people. Some of you are good at talking to people. That is something God has given you to tell them about Christ. Some of you are good at cooking for people. I love you, those who cook. (laughs) Some of you are good at cooking for people and invite everyone in your homes or take people out for eating. That would be a good time and say, are you a believer? What do you know about the Lord? What do you think about this? Begin to like probe to them and invite them to that relationship with the Lord. Use what you have to witness for Christ. Some of you are good at maybe rapping or singing or football or whatever it is. Even computer games. (laughs) Are you in the house, youths? (laughs) All those things God has given you ability and skills for is to be able to stand and witness for Christ. And when we're talking about Jesus, do not condemn people of their sins. You are not their Messiah. Tell them about the love of God. And when they encounter the love of God, they will encounter forgiveness and they will change. Hallelujah. Some of us sometimes feel as if we are (laughs) God's agent of punishment. You are so bad. This sin, I'm telling you, the consequences are so bad, and I'm telling you, just watch your space. You're going to see how you are going to become. Well, if you pointed them to the solution, Jesus Christ is a solution to sin, their lives will become different. That does not mean that you can't tell them about the consequences of living in sin but also reminds them that there is a greater solution. Jesus Christ forgives sin. He died for sin. He died for you and me. We are not perfect in our own selves. Actually, humanity, man is so bad with oblivion and with so imperfection in him. But when that man encounters Jesus, he becomes a spirit being. He becomes alive in his spirit. And his life shines for Jesus in this world. Hallelujah. Ask me, I'll tell you, I'll point you to people like Paul, the murderer, the killer. Ask me and I'll point you to people like Moses, the killer. But all those guys, when they encountered Jesus, when they encountered God, their lives changed. Yours can change too. Your neighbor's life can change too. That's why God wants you to witness in Jerusalem. That's why God wants you to witness in Jerusalem. 
no matter how bad they are, when the supernatural meets the natural. We've heard about this, right? <laughs> when the supernatural meets the natural, it is heaven at last. <laughs> Lives change. People change. Things become better. And the last thing I want to remind you about witnessing is that the goal of witnessing is the salvation of others, not just giving the information. The goal of us going to witness for Christ is to be able to allow people to encounter the salvation of God. Is to be able to allow people to come and have this encounter with Jesus. And when people have an encounter with Jesus, their lives become better. They begin to make concrete solutions and decisions in their lives. To let go of the world and the ambitions and the passion of the flesh. And to begin to follow Jesus and the power of his resurrection.